Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So last week I talked about uh, small things and we, we talked about a, a number of different things. The fact essentially that Jesus actually loves small. You know, sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking, For us to be used by God, we need to be a bit more impressive than we are. And actually, God's not impressed at all by us. Amen? He's not interested in our, in Brother Wonderful and how much we have to offer him. He's interested in us coming in humility and making ourselves available to him with the little that we have. And he just loves to take our little and make it amazing. Amen? Just come humbly. That was the idea last week. Like Jesus left all the glory of heaven behind, he came in humility as a small baby to serve his father. And that essentially, I believe, is what 2017 is an opportunity for us to bring our little and to be faithful with our little. Not to say, oh God, you can't use me because it's just too little even for you, but actually bring him whatever it is that we have. And we talked about all these different areas last week. This week, I want to talk about small changes. Again, it's kind of on this theme of small, and I want to talk about the power of making small changes in our lives, because I I guess many of us have been through a few new years, haven't we? And uh, it's, it's just like a wonderful opportunity to start afresh. Do you know what I'm saying? The calendar just goes back to the beginning again. It's a great opportunity for us to leave Uh, a year behind to celebrate the good and then to leave the not so good and to start afresh. But I think that one of the problems that you and I potentially make is we think, right, this is the year I am going to sort myself out. And we kind of have this idea, go big or go home. It's like, I'm changing everything in January. And by the time we're halfway through January, We've kind of stumbled over all of our resolutions and tripped over them and scuffed them out behind us and we're we're back into kind of pretty much how we were when we finished 2016. Can anyone kind of associate with that this morning? I think sometimes our expectations are unrealistic. I know God can do anything, but I also realize that from my own experience, uh, sometimes we bite off too much in one go. And so I want to talk about this idea of small changes today. So it's a new year. It's like, I've seen a lot of Facebook posts. It's the first page on a 365 page book. You know, it's a blank page. It's a blank canvas. Whatever you want to call it, there's opportunity that lies before us in 2017. And my question to you as we get going today is, what are you going to do with this year? What are you going to do this year with your year? Because whether you plan to do something or not, it's going to happen. Yes? And if you're like me, you find that the years just go faster and faster and faster. And it's like 2017, but we hardly started 2016 yet. It's a new year. If we don't take the opportunity to make some plans or to think about this year, what are you going to do this year? I want to help you today. That's my goal, really, to prepare. Uh, Isaiah... um, 
is speaking to the people of Israel. And if you read this whole chapter in Isaiah 43, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's all about how God is a God of the new and the fresh start and new beginnings and new opportunities. And there's a few verses um, which I want us to begin with today in chapter 43 of Isaiah, verses 18 to 19. And it says this, listen carefully now. It says, forget. Everyone say forget. And I mean everybody. Forget. Yes. Forget the former things. Right? He says, do not dwell on the past. See. It's like he's saying, look up, look. I am doing a a new thing. How many of you have heard this scripture before? It's awesome. And it says so much about who God is. Um, And it might not be obvious to you. It was kind of a little revelation to me as I was thinking about it. Do you realize that God is a forward-facing God? Did you ever think about that? He's a forward-facing God. Whenever you talk or you read about Him in the Bible, He's looking forward from the present to the new, to what is good and what is coming. You know, our hope is one day that Jesus is coming back. We look forward to that. Did you realize that like God is a forward-facing God, you've been created in His image and you are a forward-facing human being? I don't know if you realized yet, but you have a front, yes? And you have a back. It's really profound, right? And all of your features are situated on the front of your body. Just think about this. It's so simple, but it's very profound. Your eyes are in front so that your forward-facing feet, right, when you walk, you can see where you're going. It's impossible for you to face that way and turn your head 180 degrees unless you're an owl, okay? Children learn the hard way as they grow up that when you're running this way, you don't look that way. How many of you have suffered from that syndrome before? Not looking where you're going. We're forward-facing. Did you think about the fact that it's much easier for you to use your hands in front of you? You can't do stuff behind your back. The only thing on the back of you is your backside, right? And you sit on that. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about the fact that we are forward-facing human beings. Think about that. Why do you think that God made us forward-facing? I mean, you can think about the deep things. Or you can think about something like, why do I have a front and why do I have a back? Why is God forward-facing and why has he made me forward-facing? And I believe this is the revelation that I got because God's in front of us. Amen? He's walking in front of us and we get to follow him. And when we talk to him, we get to talk to him in front of us, face to face. Yeah? God is moving forward, people. Okay? And that's why he says things like, forget the past. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Some of us have a problem in that we dwell in the past. You know what that word dwell means? It means we live there. Our thoughts don't just harken back every now and again. We spend an improportionate amount of time thinking about the past. And what does that do? It's all, if you're a guy, I'm a one thing at a time person. God bless you ladies, 
who are able to do more than one thing. But I can only think about one thing at a time pretty much. And if I have to think about two things, the one thing that I really want to think about is not going to go very well. Okay? If we're thinking about the past, we're not thinking about the future, essentially. And so when Isaiah says to the people of Israel, guys, yes, you have horrendously blown it in the past, but remember how God brought you out of here and how God did this, and forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past, he says. See, God is doing a new thing. God is the God of the new. He is all about new. And so it's important now. Yes, there are things that we regret. And that feeling of regret is the wish that I hadn't done it. But you know what you can do with the regret? You can process the regret and you can learn from your mistakes. And you can leave the regrets in the past and you can move forward with conviction, not condemnation. Yes, we've all failed and we have our regrets, but the key is to learn from them, folks. Amen. That's what wisdom, you know, wise people are people who made mistakes and who learned from them. And it's crazy. I understand, in a sense, that we all have to make our own mistakes, but we can learn from wise people when they say, don't do that because this is what happens, right? Wisdom is learning from our mistakes and other people's mistakes. Some of us have suffered loss, and loss is incredibly hard to process, but God will lead us from a place of loss to be able to live our lives, amen? We can't live in the past in our loss, because then we negate the future that God has for us. So however we do it, we have to go through the stages of grief or whatever it may be with the Lord and find hope and healing. We can't live in loss. Yes, regrets and failures. Can I also say today that you can't live on your past successes? All your successes from the past are awesome, but they count nothing for now because we don't live in the past. Amen. We are a forward-facing people, and God has new successes for us. Amen. If we're busy living in the past, we're not going to achieve the future successes and the present successes that God is working out in our lives. We have to move forward. Do you understand yet? Forget the former things. Don't trivialize it and pretend it didn't happen. Learn from it and do different in the future. Don't dwell in the past. Stop living in that place of regret or sorrow or anger or unforgiveness. I'm going to read you a scripture just now that's going to, I think, just give you some real revelation. You cannot move forward with unforgiveness in your heart. And so it's a great opportunity to take stock and forgive and set yourself free. Amen. Forgive at this point. Uh, I'm going to read a few. We, what, what essentially we need to do is create some separation between our past and our present and future. We can't drag the past with us into the future. 
Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. It doesn't say the new creation is coming. Slow down, you're going too fast. It says the new creation has come. It's here. The old has gone. The new is here. Can you see how God is? He's not interested in the old. He's interested in what he can make new. Right? The old has gone. Now, that's not talking about your behavior. That's talking about your spirit. As a believer in Christ, when you ask Jesus into your life, what happens in an instant is that God deals with the issue of sin in your heart, in your innermost spirit, I should say, and he makes you a new person. It's perfect. It's like vacuum packed. There's nothing. It doesn't go stale. There's nothing you can do to damage that spirit. When God makes your spirit new, it's new and new and new and can never be anything less than new. Uh, the thing that you and I struggle with, which maybe in your mind you're thinking this doesn't make sense as a scripture, is our, our character, our nature, the way that we've learned to live and act. That changes daily, yes? Our spirit changes in an instant, but our, our soul, our nature, our character, our thoughts, those change day by day. But what God has done is he's put some separation between the old me and the new me and he doesn't count the old me against me anymore and that is awesome how about you that's good news amen psalm <clears throat> psalm 103 verse 12 listen to this think about this now east and west are not actual destinations they're directions right as far as the east is from the west so has he removed our transgressions from us. Can you see the separation? As far as, you, you can never stop going east. I don't know which way it is, I'm pointing that way. You can keep going east forever, and that means west is always the opposite direction. God has separated our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Can you see that? He doesn't say, it closely follows, it's gone right let me read from isaiah in this chapter that we looked at a few moments ago a bit further on this is this for me was a bit of a, a mind blower i god speaking now through isaiah isaiah i even i so he's saying like even me god right i am the one who blots out your transgressions right listen to this for my own sake have you ever read that before and thought, why is it important for God's sake to forgive our sins? When you suddenly think about how important it is for us to forgive each other because we are the ones who are held captive by our unforgiveness, God says, for my own sake, I have blotted out your sins. And he goes on to say, and I remember your sins no more. <laughs> that is good news. Amen. If you like me and someone does something to me, it's possible that they've come and they've said sorry. But my little memory, it holds on, right? God says, now you need to listen to me because when he says it, it's true. When he doesn't remember your sins anymore, he doesn't. If he was to remember your sins, it would stir something inside of him. Amen. And he would walk around a bit grumpy all day long, 
if the truth be told, right? It's important for him to clean his mind and his heart of our sin so that he can look at you and he can look at me and he can in every moment smile over us and in his heart feel nothing but love because he remembers our sins no more for his own sake. Man, that's good. I hope that God's word is helping you to live a little bit freer right now. Because I know for a long time I walked around with this idea that God had his eye on me. Like, I've got my eye on you, boy. Any time that you do something wrong, I see it. And I get disappointed. And I get frustrated with you. And I get tired of your constant failing. Can you see the picture? But that's not who God is and how you see. When we become born again, he blots out our sins, even our future sins. That's crazy. And he remembers them no more because Jesus paid the price for every one of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I've said all of that to say it's time to think less about the past and it's time to think more about the future. Amen. So I'm going to read a few verses for you as we carry on. Paul writing in Philippians chapter 3, in verse 10. How's this for a New Year's resolution right here? I want to know Christ. Yes, he says, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings. Now some of us at that point are thinking, no, not really me. I don't want to suffer, thank you very much. And we think that to follow Jesus is about suffering, right? And being happy about it. Awesome. Looking forward to that. That's not what it means whatsoever, I believe. It's saying that Jesus came in humility. We talked about this last week. He came humbly to serve. And do you know that sometimes when you serve, it causes suffering in your life? When you come to serve other people, you might not get appreciated for it. You might get overlooked. When it comes to serving God, there may be things that you can't do at the same time. And in effect, that's suffering. And it does mean for some people the ultimate price. Amen. But it's a joy because it's service. It's not a matter of, hey, I'm a Christian. Guess what I've just chosen to do? Suffer every day for the rest of my life. And if I'm not suffering, then I'm not really a Christian. I don't think that's the, quite the right application. But anyway, moving along. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his serving or his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, because he just gave it all for, Jesus, for God, his Father, I was going to say for Jesus, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. He had a hope, even though he gave up his life for his Father, he had hope that his resurrection would mean life for us and that we would be together forever and ever. Not that I have already obtained all of this. This is, this is awesome. This is what every old year and new year is like. We, we come and we should say, I haven't already obtained it yet. That's real, isn't it? Paul's saying, not that I've already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal. See, he had goals. It's important to have goals. But I press on, I press on in spite of my failures and regrets 
and my successes. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing, the most important thing I do, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what straining toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We are called forward. Forgetting is not always easy. It's a process. If you think of forgetting as, well, I just decide and I've forgotten. It's not easy for us to forget sometimes. The way that we forget is by doing other things. By thinking more about new stuff and less about the past. Amen. And the longer we do that, the less time we invest in the past, the more we forget. That's how it works. Forgetting happens when we start thinking different thoughts, new thoughts, better thoughts. Uh, forgetting happens when we start using different words. You know what? You can talk about your past failures and you drag them right back into your present. You can talk with wounded language and with grieving language and you're living the moment. You need to move past so that your words reflect the new destination or the new direction that you're in. Amen. It's not just thinking better thoughts, it's saying better words. It's believing better things. It's believing better things about God. It's believing better things about what He has for you. And that all reflects in different actions. We start acting differently. This is the thing I want you to think about. Change doesn't happen with one big decision that we make. There are important decisions that we make, but we don't change with one decision. We change with thousands of little decisions. Thousands of little changes, one upon the other, over time, sees us in a very different place. And this, an illustration that will help you to think about this is, if you, if you can imagine you've got your compass setting, you're flying an aeroplane, right? And you are flying on a course. And if you stick on that course, it will take you directly to the destination that you planned to go to, right? Now, if that's not a good destination, just a one degree change in course over a mile means that you will be 92 feet away from your original destination. That doesn't sound like much. But if you travel the circumference or the equator, the equator of the earth, by the time you come back to your starting point, you will be 500 miles away from where you started. I want you to think about one degree changes that you can make in your life and to do those things consistently with perseverance and with patience and imagine where you will be in a bit of time. Amen? You see, we think if I just yank on the steering wheel, I'll change course and immediately I'll be in a different place. But the problem is it's not sustainable. And we end up falling back onto the course that we were, what we were on before. 
The key, I believe, and, and I hope this is wisdom speaking now, I know God can do anything in my life, but as I look forward to 2017, it's picking one degree changes and doing those things consistently year after year. Can you imagine? I was thinking about it. I've got a bit of a challenge for you at the end of this sermon, which involves picking 12 changes that you can make, one degree turns that you can make in your life. Over 10 years, that's, if you achieve those, that's 120 different things in your life that will have changed. Can you see the power of making small changes? Uh, <clears throat> someone once said that change only really happens when the pain of staying the same becomes much greater than the pain of making the change. Does that make sense? I've seen that in my life. The times when I've changed is when I'm so sick and tired of the merry-go-round that I actually approach this thing with some sincerity and, and push through. Amen. Um, someone once defined madness as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Hey, can you, can you see in your life how you've just gone around that hamster wheel so many times and each time you just think, I can do better, I can do better, and you just come around again because you've not actually changed something in your life. If you don't change something, you always get the same results. And so I guess what I'm saying today is that your biggest obstacle and my biggest obstacle in 2017 is me. It's you. I hate to break it to you, <laughs> but we have to take responsibility. Amen. We can blame all sorts of stuff about the things that are going wrong in our lives. But actually, if we're prepared to do what it takes and be flexible and change, we can get there with God. That, I believe, is the hope that we have as believers, is that God, His Spirit living in us, His power working with our willingness that's where we change and the change is awesome amen so my challenge for us today i know we're already into 2017 but i want to challenge you to think of 12 small changes that you can make right one a month Take that one small change into January and get into the habit. And then in February, kick in with your second small change. Take a month to get into the habit of doing it and then March and so on. Twelve small changes that you can persistently and consistently do. And build difference into your life. So they've got to be small. I've got some S's for you now. It's got to be small. It's got to be sustainable. Okay? Don't bite off more than you can chew, as they say. Let it be sustainable. The third S is think smart. Think about what little changes that you can make that have a knock-on effect in other areas of your life. Because you can pick all sorts of things to change, but there are some small things that we can do that are profound. So prayerfully ask God to be 
to help you to be smart in the way that you pick these changes. Be specific. Write them down somewhere. Because if you have vague goals, you get vague results. Amen. So it's important to be clear about what's involved with making your changes. Plan it. Think about it. Be specific. And my last point is, wherever possible, make a swap. Okay? Swap a new habit for an old habit. You know, if you're going to start doing something new, it would be great if you could stop doing something else. Otherwise, we're just going to get busier. Amen. And busier. And how many of you are already busy? I think you understand. So wherever possible, swap a bad habit for a better habit. Or a bad thought process for a good thought. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Swap it out so that you're, you have time to focus and energy. And it's one change per month. Remember that. And so if you're thinking, well, what kind of areas are you talking about? I've, I've tried to think of some. I'm really sad. I only came up with 11. It would have been awesome if I'd thought of 12 because then it could have been one change per kind of area. But anyway, your relationship with God. Paul said, I want to know Christ. And he was saying, I want to know him more and more. What small thing that can you do in 2017 that will help you to know God more? Sin. We've all got them. We have to be honest with ourselves. Amen. Maybe that's a small change that you can make. Be honest with yourself about the sin in your life. Think of some sins. It's not hard. Just take a moment. Ask God to show you areas where you need his help. And then you can approach those, small area, those areas of sin a small bit at a time. Obviously there are some sins that are more harmful than others. And so it might require bigger decisions and more immediate changes of direction. Alright? But generally a one degree change. What about your marriage? If you're a married person or you're in a relationship with somebody... What one small thing can you do differently that's going to make your marriage better? What about your family, your kids, or your extended family? What small thing can you do to make your family a better place to be? What about your work, right? What small thing can you do in regards to your work to help you be more effective, to help you be more efficient, to help you be more productive, uh, to help you get on with people at work, I don't know, right? Think about your work. What small thing could you do? What about your eating habits? The mood just changed. Hey, Christmas. Man, I've enjoyed this week eating through all my Christmas presents. But it's reflecting. You know what I'm saying? I am pleased to say, though, I went for a run the other day. My first one again since a while ago. What are you going to do in regards to food? Maybe this is an area that you need to make some changes. What about, the, I've just mentioned it, exercise. Do you know a healthy body means a healthy mind? It just means you cope better, you're more productive. It's really obvious, but it's so hard to put into practice sometimes. How can you make a small change? You know, some of these training programs that I've become aware of at the moment don't require you to go running for an hour every day. There are programs where you can spend just seven minutes a day exercising and you, 
you deceive your body into thinking it's an hour's worth of exercise. Come on. Seven minutes of your life. You spend seven minutes of your life just sitting on the toilet dreaming about stuff. Imagine if you invested seven minutes of your day every day in a particular type of exercise, by the way, uh, not just any exercise. You, you can revolutionize the way that you deal with stuff and what you look like and feel better, healthier, fitter, have more energy. You know, what small thing can you do different in terms of exercise? Here's one. What about rest? Some of you work too hard, right? Some of you, that's not so much your choice. And others of you, it's more of your choice than you're willing to admit. What can you do different, a small degree change in your life, to rest properly? Man, I've loved this week. It's been one of the most awesome weeks. I've not had to think about much. I've rested. I've got out of bed late. Yes, I know you think I get up early all the time. I don't. I've done, I've done some painting. It's been wonderful. And I feel a different person to the one that I ended 2016 as, can I say. What can you do to put rest into your life? Number 10, we're on number 10, just two more to go. What can you do differently with your money? Wow. A while back, we got around to this idea of being careful and budgeting. And a, and a simple thing like a coffee from a shop a day. If you just quit that one cup of coffee that you buy at a shop every day, you can save yourself up to 500 pounds a year. What could you do with 500 pounds? Hey, a little change. Make your own sandwiches instead of going out and getting a lunch. How much would you save? Those are just a few little things. What about in terms of your giving? What can you do differently in terms of your giving? Hey? Man. I think if we spent five minutes a day thinking about our money, we would be in a whole better place. Amen? Taking the time to budget, taking the time to be allocating money per week. We don't like to talk like this, but we need it, folks. We need it, otherwise we spend it. And then we're always short of money. What can you do differently with your money? And number 11... My last one is time. Time is one of the most precious things that you have to give. What small degree, one degree change can you make in terms of the time that you give? Where can you give your time? Where it's an investment and it's not just spent. I joke about it, but some of us spend far too much time on Facebook while we're on the toilet. Those of you who are laughing know what I'm talking about. And those of you who want to laugh are being quiet. <laughs> Facebook. How much time does that take up of your life? Some of you are, don't care about Facebook. Others are like, man, Facebook's my life. There are areas that we spend our time that if we just made small changes, we could achieve more. Amen. So I hope that's given you lots to think about. Folks, Forget the former things. 
Don't dwell in 2016. It's gone. That, that book is closed. A new one is opened today called 2017. What are you going to do with 2017? Are you going to invest yourself in 2017? Or is it just going to be a year that gets spent? Amen. I'm going to pray. And I'd like us just to take a moment. I guess some of us are feeling the need to take stock of our lives. Some of us are feeling very aware of things in our lives that we're struggling with. Uh, some of us are afraid about the future. Uh, let's just take a moment to still our hearts before the Lord. I want to lead us in prayer and just encourage you to wrap your heart around the prayers as, as, I, as I speak them and make them your own. Um, and let's get ready. I believe that the best is in front. Amen. That the past doesn't contain our best days. I believe that in God, the best is yet to come. We don't live in the glories of the past. We live in the glory of where we are right now and where we're going in Jesus. So let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you today that you are the God of all time, that you live outside of time. This whole idea of, of a year is our thing, Lord. You're much bigger. But you see even the whole of 2017 laid out before you right now. And you see each of us, Lord, as we approach this new year. And God, we want to just take a moment now and we want to say thank you for being with us in 2016 even when the waves were crashing and the wind was blowing God I thank you that you never left our side that you are faithful always always faithful and that you are with us now in whatever it is that we're dealing with right now Lord God I thank you for your presence here for your encouragement and your strength flowing into our hearts and our minds and our bodies. Lord, I thank you that our future is secure in your hands. It's been said, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And God, I thank you that there's no fear when we walk with you, that we don't fear 2017 God we look forward with faith and expectancy knowing that you will bring us through and that you are helping us to achieve a testimony through the good and the bad your faithfulness never changes and so we commit Lord 2017 to you right now each life represented here God I commit them to you Lord and those who are not with us today but count themselves part of our church family Lord I commit every single one of us into your hands that 2017 is going to find us blessed Lord growing in our relationship with you Jesus being more and more fruitful the fruit on the branches of our lives being sweet and succulent to those around us that your name will be glorified in us, Lord God, and through us. That you will build us as people, Lord. That you will build us as a church, Lord. That you will use us to reach the furthest corners of this globe.
in 2017, Lord. We say thank you and we commit it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.